1: This is a -A WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Hello, Bride. Are you a writer, or do you have a story to tell and maybe you need a little help with your writing? Well, go to Treehouse Publishers today. We can help you achieve your dream. Dreams come true in our house. Do you have a book just waiting in your spirit to come out and share with the world? Well, Treehouse Publishers will help you to achieve your dream. Write that book today. Sell your book in London, in Africa, and many other countries. Let your tree bear much fruit with Treehouse today. Go to www.gotreehouse.org. All
0: right. God bless you, Dr. Jim. Uh, Thank you.
1: Hey, God bless you. Hey, you have really good audio quality. This is good.
0: Great, great. Uh, Wonderful. So it's great to see you.
1: Well, Toby, I want us to start off in prayer, and let's give God some glory tonight and give him some props. Uh, would you mind leading us off in prayer tonight?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. So, all right. So, Father God, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus. Yes. And, Father, yes. thank you for all that you're doing tonight. We thank you for all that you're doing in this land.
1: Yes. And-
0: for all of the people who are watching this video right now. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you will touch hearts yes. tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.
1: Amen. All all right. Right, Toby, I want to tell you, like I do all the other guests, if God gives you anything prophetically, you're free to roll with it here on the broadcast, okay? Uh, I want right, well. to know that you have the floor, whatever the Holy Spirit. It uh, goes off on, now, if I ask a question and you feel like God is wanting to uh, highlight something else, just know that the Holy Ghost has free reign in this broadcast. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. Thank you. Okay. Well, I'll follow the lead. I'll try to answer your questions. But uh, from my perspective, if I uh, go down a rabbit trail, uh, feel free to nudge me and uh, let, let me know. Okay? All
1: right. Okay, bride. listen here. I want us to start off tonight, and I want us to find out who is Toby Wentz. Come on now, Toby. I want you to tell the bride, introduce Mm -hmm. yourself, uh, tell us a little Uh, bit about you, about your ministry, and a little bit about your story.
0: Well, I am a passionate lover and seeker of Jesus Christ, Uh and I am so so thankful that he he took me out of a sinful background, a, a sinful life. I was swimming around uh, in an ocean of sin, and I met Jesus. Or I returned, I should say, I returned to my childhood faith in Jesus. Aww. And made the biggest difference in my life. I, I cannot tell you, I would not go back and change one thing. And so, you know, I just began to, uh, you know, I was just a kid that walked up and down the beach uh, with a surfboard under his arm. In flip-flops. Yeah. And uh,
1: Jesus got a
0: hold of my heart. Uh, I had an encounter with the Word of God. Uh, Actually, my my mother um, ripped out a page of her Bible and gave it to me. And I read that page of the Bible. This was 1997. And uh, it pierced my heart. Oh. And it was like like scales fell off of my eyes. And I began to follow Jesus. And, you know... uh, I just tried to put one foot in front of the other. I've made lots of mistakes. I've never tried to pretend to be, you know, holier than thou or anything like that. But uh, God, He just, uh, I found His word to be true and I just started to pursue Jesus. And so uh, He called me at a young age. He began to call me into the ministry and uh, I began to uh, encounter Him in wonderful ways. And he called me to be a Bible teacher, a, a messenger of the gospel. You know, that's the, the great exalted message. Uh, you know, the mo- I like to say it this way, Dr. June. Uh, the most prophetic message in the world is the gospel.
1: Yes. Amen. It helps, it
0: helps everything. And, you know, the part part of the job of the church, there's a prophetic edge to the church. It's one of the aspects is to carry this powerful message. Um to carry this message. And it tells us the future. It tells us the past. It tells us, it warns us about the judgment of God. It tells us about the grace of God. And uh, that's the gospel. But anyway, the Lord called me to carry the gospel. Yeah. And uh, I became, uh, I got out of the U.S. Coast Guard when I was 24. And uh, about six months later, I found myself as, as a, a young pastor. And I was a young pastor in, Costa Rica with a couple of my very close friends, Eben and Justine, oh. and a couple. Of, and uh, we just were young, but we we were willing to serve the Lord. And uh, over the last several years, uh, our ministry has has changed a, a lot. Uh, recently, we have uh, completely started our ministry fresh, rebranded it, and started everything over with the, with the Kingdom Foundation. So. But for the last several years, uh, for many years, uh, along with teaching the Bible, uh, I I have prophetic dreams and experiences like that, and I share those, and so that is the prophetic uh, side of this, and uh, so tonight, uh, I think we're going to get into some of that, but the Lord has been giving me prophetic dreams uh, my entire walk with Him, and uh, they, they are real, they do come to pass. And they um, well all say is they're from the Holy Spirit so they, they do come to pass it's very interesting I don't always know what they mean when I have sometimes I do sometimes I'll have a dream and I'll know exactly what it means yeah and there, there are times where the Lord gives me a dream where it's like a parable and it or a prophetic timeline and it just comes to pass and that was the case with the dream that I had uh, in 2014. Uh, that correlated with the 2016 election, yeah, and even some of what we're seeing right now. But uh, so that now, is. I, mean, that I is, would
1: like for you to, I would like for you to share on how me and you met.
0: Okay. All right. So this is. <laughs>
1: this is funny, So guys. for everybody who,
0: who has not seen how, uh, who hasn't heard the story. I uh th- this is really interesting. So I have a dream and it, at some point tonight if you want to get into it we can or we can go another direction but I have a dream and uh the Lord showed me encoded in that dream um what was going to take place in the 2016 election. And one of the things that he showed me was uh, a great division was coming over the land. And he showed it to me uh through my wife. My wife's name is Kristen, and it means in Christ, and uh, so it was a, a, a picture of the body of Christ, and so the Lord had me, basically, to make a long story short, the Lord had given me a dream, and I was experiencing that dream in real time. I was experiencing a series of events that were taking place, and in the dream, I had seen my wife uh, and she was down on the ground, pregnant, having an emergency basically, and it got to that point. A series of events had taken place over about a year period, and it was literally getting to the point where that was happening. And that same division that I saw my my wife in the dream her st- she was pregnant, but her stomach was dividing from left to right. Wow! Uh, in, the, in the dream. And she was almost being torn apart. And uh, the Lord was showing me, this is coming over my body, the body of Christ, the church, the people of God, not just the nation. But the Lord hones in, just like in the Bible, the Lord will hone in on Israel. Because, you know, that was like his earthly wife, and that is, you know, he'll hone in on that. But the Lord in the dream honed in on the church by showing me a picture of my own wife again, whose name literally means in Christ, which is a term for the body of Christ. Right. He showed me that the vision was coming over the body of Christ, and then just as I was wondering about all that, I got an email from you. (laughs) And it said from the, it said, we are the bride in my inbox. (laughs) And so I met you, and your ministry is called We Are the Bride Ministries. And so I met you in 2016, Dr. June, it was in real time. It was a prophetic fulfillment. The Lord was showing me a part of how the dream was going to come to pass. And uh, that was just amazing. So I, I guess I could stop
1: there for the moment. Well, I want to say that the reason I contacted him is, uh, I guess it was right before the election, wasn't it? I was looking through YouTube of uh, different videos about Trump. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me, and I come across him, and he had the most amazing analogy, uh, which I think was based on this dream you're talking about, where Trump was Cyrus, and then you had the revelation of Jehu, and how Hillary was uh, the Jezebel. Yes. Okay, so I contacted him. I sent him an email and said, please, please. Please let me interview you on the radio. So I did. I ended up interviewing him, and he was right on it. And I had you one other time right around his inauguration. And remember, we called it the State of the Union. <laughs> remember, we called it yes. the State of the Union. <clears throat> <Yeah>. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I would like for you to uh-huh. share tonight. Uh, that dream. Would you mind? And when?
0: What- sure. Okay. Well. Uh, all right. Well, let me let me just so everybody kind of understands this. Okay, we'll go. Um, and when I I first moved back from my first pastorate down in Costa Rica with my dear friends that are down there to this day, I I first came back uh, in. It was in the period of 2007 and 2008. uh, The Lord uh, spoke to me in a series of prophetic dreams, okay? And I have shared all of these dreams with different like pastors and leaders and people like that. And uh, they dealt with the things that were coming over the nation, okay? And then we had the Obama years and all of that. And then in 2014... Um, I had two prophetic dreams in the year 2014. In uh, the first one, um, I, I it was like a prophetic marker. Like the Lord used this first dream to kind of get me ready in 2014 to show me that a message was coming to me, okay? And in the first dream, this early 2014, I saw... Uh, two Jewish men were standing before me in the dream. One of those Jewish men was uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, who is an End Times researcher and an author, okay? And he was uh, standing in front of me, and then another Jewish man, uh, who is a Bible teacher, was there. I'll leave him unnamed for now. Uh, He stepped up to me, and he spoke to me. And to make a long story short, The Lord used this dream to kind of wet the whistle, you know, to kind of show me that uh, I'm marking this, and I'm marking these two men in your prophetic timeline to show you that I am going to release a message. And uh, the Lord released part of it to me, and uh, that's why he marked it it for me. Now, let me say this. Uh, I shared over a couple-year period I, I shared a, ser- uh, a long series of teachings on the house of Ahab, uh, which is known as, the, it's known as the Amri dynasty, okay, which was uh, the house of Ahab. And, you know, that's where you have the exciting characters of, like Ahab, Jezebel, Elijah, and Elisha. And I, I shared uh, half of that, and then uh, I had a prophetic dream. And, uh, and then after I had this, this second, excuse me, a second dream, which I now call the rise of Donald, I preached the rest of that, all about how the Lord took out, he took down this wicked house of Ahab in the book of Kings. Uh, and so it was very interesting. So let me back up and say I had a dream in 2014, all right? So I don't want to confuse everybody. Like in late 2014, I had basically seen enough. Okay. <laughs> I was uh, I was not impressed with the wickedness that was taking place and nor were any of the other real Christians in this country. I mean, our, our nation was in a crisis.
1: Yes, I mean. And
0: it, it has been for a long time. Yeah. But the crisis is really coming to a peak in about 20, you know, 2014, 2015. So the Lord, here's the deal. The Lord uh, I went on a fast. I, I just became desperate, and I and I, I, I talked to Kristen, and I, it just seemed like we were constantly talking about our country. We were so concerned, and I just took a day to fast. It was just one day, and I did an ancient prayer practice, which is called Inquiring of the Lord, which <laughs> is generally a, is a a a very pointed. One day fast of, of deep prayer and really seeking the Lord. And that night, when I came home, I, um, I, I went to sleep. And the Lord gave me a shocking dream that night. And I woke up, and I told Kristen immediately, I said, I had this dream. And it came to me in three parts, three distinct sections. And I'm absolutely shocked by it. I have no idea what it means, but it has to do with this guy named Donald. And I saw this whole show take place, and then I saw this guy named Donald that I actually knew a guy named Donald, who was tall, mid-length, blonde-haired guy, uh, basically won this whole uh, show, basically. It was a really, really, I could not lay my finger on it, I, I was just puzzled by it, but I knew it was powerful, I knew it meant something, I knew. I knew that it was a response to my prayer, to my fast. I knew it was the Lord. And so the Lord gave me, long story short, without going into the details, we can go back into them if you want. The Lord gave me a three-part dream in 2014 that in, in it were encoded the details of the 2016 presidential election, okay? And that is basically what it what it came down to. Now I I really played it kind of conservative conservatively because what I wanted to do was I wanted to just really focus on communicating the dream clearly and just letting it stand. I, I left uh, by the time we got to the up, uh, up, by the time
1: we I'm sorry this is Oh, we lost him. I'm sure he'll be right back, Bride. When he comes back, we will have him share. I want him to tell you what he saw in this dream. I'm telling you, Bride, it is amazing uh, what he saw because this was before the election, and this is when I interviewed him, was right before the election. So here he comes. He's coming back on. Okay.
0: Okay, my screen was being covered with, uh, I pressed the wrong button, so um, I apologize. So here we are. Um, I By the time we got to the election, I really couldn't see any other way that the dream was going to uh, come to pass, except for that Trump was going to win. That's what it looked like to me, but I, I didn't go out saying that. I really just wanted to share the dream, but ultimately well, this dream
1: to know
0: the dream. Okay, you want to hear the dream? Yes, I'm, tell
1: I'm, us the dream.
0: There was a moment of silence there. Uh, so in the in the first part of the dream, section one, I was taken and I was shown a uh, uh, what was like a very entertaining show and it, I was like in a big theme park and I saw what reminded me of a cross between some kind of a live show, uh, a presidential debate, and a circus, <laughs> okay? Wow. And uh, in the dream, uh, a, a woman was standing. She was the narrator. She was, like, dominating the show, okay? And you know how a narrator is normally uh, out of the way? Like, they're not usually, like, right in the center, like, dominating the show. They're usually out of the way of the show, and then all of the show is going. Well, anyway... I saw a, a woman was dominating the show as the narrator, basically setting the the narrative, if you will. Okay, and she was basically the main character. And then uh, I, I saw, I literally saw the stage that she was standing on. It, it began to go up on large hydraulic lifts that looked like poles. Okay, ah. so I. Saw I saw this woman dominating this show, and then she went up on polls, basically. lifted her higher and higher up, okay? Yeah. And so uh, we're talking almost a year after I had the dream, Hillary Clinton became the front runner and eventually accepted the nomination for the Democratic Party. And, you know, when she launched her campaign, listen to what she said. What? She said, he said, where there are no ceilings, the sky is the limit, okay? So in my dream, I see this taking place. I look over, and I see a man named Donald, okay? And he's playing hes playing drums. And he's like the dark horse, okay? Like the lights are not even on where he's at. Yeah. Like all the lights are on the woman. All the lights are on the middle of the stage. And he's like completely off to the side. And he's like the dark horse, but you can't ignore him because he's playing the drums like a rebel so loud, okay? But he was having a good time. Yeah. And uh, he was enjoying himself. And then um, I I looked back over, and the stage that, that she was on, it went all the way up till she almost was being smushed on the ceiling, okay?
1: Wow.
0: Well, remember, think about... Think about the words of Hillary Clinton, yeah. where there are no feelings, the sky is the limit, okay? So, I looked back over again towards where this guy Donald, the Donald the drummer in my dream, uh, I later discovered that Donald Trump's real last name is not Trump. Trump is an anglicized version. His grandfather Fred's name when he moved here was Drum. Get that?
1: What? Uh,
0: His name is Donald Trump, okay? (laughs) No, I didn't
1: know
0: that. So so the the show that I saw came to a finale, okay? And I I saw these, what's called a wall of death, I now know, which is where you put a bunch of motorcycles and they all go around in that circle, you know? And here I'm seeing the finale, everybody is watching the show, and a rider falls down on the ground listen, falls down the ground and has to be picked back up. And, you know, it was like a glitch in the matrix. The Lord showed me this. You know, it's like a glitch in the matrix. Everybody was waiting for, um, you know, this finale to take place, and then all of a sudden... Go ahead. Um, And uh, so after this, After that took place, I looked over, and this guy, Donald, in my train, his little area of the stage was lifted up on large hydraulic lifts that looked like poles, okay? Yeah. And he went up, up, all the way through the ceiling. It was like the ceiling had disappeared. It's like there was no ceiling there, and the sky was the limit. And he went up all the way up into the sky, and everybody there, everybody on stage, everybody... And the crowd were just mesmerized because it was like the second finale. It was like the the finale, what should have been the end of the show was not the end. But in the end, there was like a second surprise finale, and it was the rise of Donald. He won. He became the star of the show. Okay? Wow. So uh, when uh, on September 11th, there was a glitch September 11th, 2016, there was like a glitch in the matrix. And here we are, we're down to the the final moment before the election. And there was a, uh, you know, we're basically at the finale, okay, of the campaign and Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are there real close to each other. And Hillary Clinton fell down. She fell down She had to be picked back up. And when I saw that, I just really felt it. I was like that's the fulfillment of the dream that was the thing that nobody was supposed to see. That was the glitch in the matrix that was that was why I saw this strange thing take place in my dream where you know I had seen this woman running the show, and then I see somebody fall down and have to be picked back up so right. that was the lord's and there's actually a lot more into that. We probably won't go there now, but Donald yeah. Trump won there was no Feeling there and the sky was the limit. He went up on the poles after that. The second part of the dream was very clear. Okay. okay. I looked at everybody was mesmerized in shock. Here's this guy, Donald, exalted way up into the clouds almost, you yeah. know, the, but higher than anybody else. And he began to play his drums fiercely and set a new cadence. And that's exactly what Donald Trump has done. He's been like a, a, a drummer sets a cadence. And our nation has been a spiritual decadence. That's decadence. We've lost the cadence. But Trump has moved. He did not slow down like a lot of politicians do when they get elected. He actually sped up and, and went to work and did more. But uh, at that point, in the second part of the dream, um, I saw uh, my wife. That's where I looked over, and she was laying on the ground, lay- and she was in shock. And... Um, her stomach was basically tearing apart from left to right okay and that is what happened in pain the the body of christ the whole country began to divide from left to right yeah. but in, in as a result of this election a division has come over the body of christ in america such as we have not seen since i've been alive nothing nothing has happened like this before. And the Lord is very concerned. And so he allowed me to see this, you know, he gave in prophetic language. You know, it actually doubles down because you know when you see your wife in a dream, it often represents the bride of Christ. Okay. But in, in the case of my wife, her name is Kristen, which is also a term that means yeah, in Christos. It means to be in Christ. The bride of Christ. So In the dream, the prophetic language doubled down on the fact that this was taking place to the body of Christ. Okay. And I was commanded to call for help, to get help. And I had an awakening, an awakening, and a lot of, uh, uh, there were a lot of emotions in that part of the dream. I I felt so much pain for what I saw. And I I felt so much resolve to help and get involved. It was really emotional because when the Lord shows you your wife prophetically like that, he knows how to get a hold of your emotions and really show you how he feels right. about his people. So, been in that place. The nation is divided. The body of Christ is in a serious situation. And let me show, let me tell you something. Uh, I don't uh, I haven't told a lot of people. I think I told you once before, but when I looked over at my wife, which, who represented the body of Christ in the dream, she was suffering from eclamptic shock. Are you ready for this? There's like a mystery in this, okay? Yes. So the, the church is the ecclesia. all right? In Greek, obviously, the called out ones, okay? But uh, there is a a word, uh, ecclesia, which has a kind of a, a broad semantic range, and it includes a number of pregnancy problems that can happen, you know, and you can go, you know, women can go into, like, pre-eclamptic shock and things like that, and uh, it has to do with pregnant. So, now get this, the word eclampsia means a burst of light, eclampsia, it comes from light, and it basically means that a burst of light has come, and so what has actually happened is... During the election, there was a great burst of light released. A tremendous amount of truth was released. You know, uh, so many things. Like if you look at like Project Veritas even, and uh, they showed how Planned Parenthood was, you know, uh, all those videos where they were talking, where the people were actually talking and joking about selling baby organs and things like that. There were so many things that were brought to, to the light. During the election, the battle for globalism. Donald Trump. Yes,
1: I see it too. When you talk about the <clears throat> the light bursting forth, I see that as well as uh, exposure, because That's light correct. exposes it exposes the darkness. So I think that has a lot to do with it as well.
0: I, I do. Was shocking. I mean, there was if you just for even an awakened person like a like a someone that's aware of the end times and all of that, everything that took place in America in 2016 was absolutely shocking, and yeah, so- it just sent some people into spiritual shock. It was just overload. People didn't know how to deal with it, and the church. A lot of people in the church are getting a lot of watching a lot of the mainstream media, so they're getting this. They're getting torn from left to right. You know, they're hearing. One thing on one side and something completely 100, 180 degrees out on the other side. Yeah. So, the body, and the Lord is very concerned about the state of His church right now.
1: Well, what is the third part of your dream?
0: The third part is I was commanded to go and call for help. Okay. And I went to a help desk. Okay. And this is really interesting because this is where you. This is where you uh, and we are the Bride Ministries came into the picture. Was, yeah. I, I was literally told the language was call for help, make a call, okay, and basically, I uh, in the dream I encountered two men and I was trying to get a call like a nine one one call or a call for help made, and there was one man who was silent. He was a hardworking man. He didn't say anything. He was working very hard. And then there was another man He was a hipster, and he was childish, and he was immature, and he was like, he was uh, pretending to be one of the actors on the stage. Uh, it was very strange. I went up to the desk, and I said, call for help now. Call for help. And this man was basically... He was unable to become serious he was so childish he was not able to register the weight of the moment and i had very little confidence in him but because there was another silent hard-working man behind him that i knew was able to guard him i mean to guide him in this process of calling for help um uh, i had hopes that help would would be called and so that was sort of how the dream ended i ended up leaving And I had this very, I I did have hope that the right decision would be made. I had hope. But I also had a very strong sense of concern. And so those two people in my dream represented, the the silent man in my dream who did not talk, ended up representing the silent majority. And it was the silent majority, the working class, the silent, the hardworking, you know, type people that they were actually almost like now they've become the silenced majority because big tech is trying to silence everybody right now that doesn't dis, that disagrees with them. But it was that person that was able to 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 help make this call for help. I knew that I knew that my wife, I knew that the body of Christ needed an emergency surgery, or it was going to be a disaster. She was going to die. it was like she was going to die, and the child that she was carrying die too but I had it was very very serious I was like if we can get an emergency surgery right now and not a minute later she might survive and the child can survive too and right now uh, well a a pregnant wife is a good thing in a prophetic term because it means that God is trying to bring forth new life it's the next generation of life you know Uh, that's kind of where we're at right now with, with that you know
1: yeah. Hey, so, let me ask you. There, you know, about that noise from your phone. What is that?
0: I, I do it's not It's like know. a
1: buzz goes off. It's like zzz, zzz, a buzzing. Well, let me see if I can.
0: I'm sorry. Um,
1: Do you think it's where people are calling in or something? It's
0: uh, there's lots of, there's lots of uh, comments going across the screen and things like that. Well, no, there's none now, so I'm not, I am not really sure, Doctor June. I cannot say okay. what is causing. Me. I'm sorry. <laughs> all
1: right. I, I can. That's all right.
0: Bit, but you. We
1: have great. Worse than I can. Okay, so I would like for you to share with the bride a little bit uh, about—you probably don't have to get into the whole details, but I would love for you to share about the Jehu. I thought that was the coolest analogy back then, and then I would love to see what God has given you uh, for President Trump now.
0: This is great. Let me uh, lay a little foundation with this so everybody can understand, okay? I think that probably the. I can you hear me? Yes. Doctor June. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think that probably the best way to describe Donald Trump right now is to say that he is playing the part of Cyrus to Israel and Jehu to America. I'll say that again. He's like a Cyrus to Israel. I won't go into that
1: side of it. But a Jehu to... America. Okay, Brian, well, he got disconnected. I'm sure he will be right back on. There he is. He is having some technical difficulties uh, with his phone tonight. Lord, we just pray blessings over his phone. Uh, we bind the devil that would try to come against his communications In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over his phone and his equipment and his house in Jesus' name. There you go, Toby. He's back. Hallelujah. All right, Toby. Okay, thank you. You're back. All right.
0: All right, so we're back, and yes, we we pray now that this phone will work. There's yes. there's no earthly no reason why it should not be working perfectly right now. So. Okay. So here's okay, when you, I like to describe it like this: when you go into the Bible, the first uh, empire or in a globalistic empire, or I would I would say it was an occult empire with globalistic aspirations, was Babylon. Okay? Ancient Babylon, uh, Genesis chapter 10. Um, but when you go, the first deep state that took place in the Bible is in the book of Kings, and it is the house of Ahab. Okay? So you, there's a very interesting story in the book of Kings, and it goes, it goes all the way from First Kings chapter 16 all the way to Second Kings chapter 10. And it's a very long and traumatic story. And uh, at the very end of it, you know, you have, well, you have Ahab and his infamous wife Jezebel, and, you know, the pagan queen who was, she, she had a tremendous power over her life to yeah. do evil in the kingdom of Israel. And uh, um, that was why God raised up Elijah and Elisha was to fight against this deep state Bas- basically, in simple language, when Ahab took the throne in Israel, in the capital, Samaria of the north, okay, they basically tried to change the state religion of Israel from Yahwehism to Baalism, okay? And that's why Ahab and Jezebel are so infamous, is because. You know, Israel obviously was a nation where, you know, Jehovah, Yahweh was worshiped there. And, uh, but they really began to make laws and they built a temple to Baal and Samaria. It was like a really, really big deal, a dramatic shift. And they began to, to kill people, to silence people. And it was a deep state takeover. What they did was, just like a deep state today, a deep yeah, state is when people when when they uh this is inter- i mean this is interesting it's all in the bible you know but deep state is when people basically use the infrastructure of one government and they use it illegally you know they kind of move in and they break the laws and they basically use they use the government and that's what's happened in america you have people that have embedded themselves in the fbi the cia the doj uh and they have used the infrastructure and they are operating uh, against the government and against the the will of, the will of the people against the law, yeah. and things like that. Well, the same thing happened in ancient Israel. And that's that's where Ahab and Jezebel come into play. They were like deep state. They took they took Israel proper, and they said we're going to get rid of Yahwehism, the worship of the one true God Jehovah, and we're going to move in, and we are going to. Uh, start, we're, we're going to, we're, you know, they, they were liberals. They had an agenda. They wanted to get rid of conservatism. They brought in this very liberal, licentious lifestyle associated with Baalism and the worship of a feminine deity named Asherah, which was a feminine, uh, a very powerful, dark, demonic, feminine energy that was associated with all kinds of immorality and gross cult prostitution and things like that. Okay. What?
1: Uh, are at play
0: today in in America, okay? Now... Wow! God, there was a tremendous clash in Israel, and because of the intensity of it, the Lord raised up Elijah, okay? And many of you who are listening have heard the story of Elijah. He contended with the... He went to the stronghold of the prophets of Baal and Asherah, which was Mount Carmel, and he contended with them, and basically... They had become, they were like the mainstream media of ancient Israel, okay? The prophets. The prophets were like the media of Israel. And he went, he defeated them, he confronted them. It was like the alternative media versus like the mainstream establishment media. And he went in as a heavyweight. The power of God was upon his life. And he overthrew them. Now Jezebel, when when this clash took place, Jezebel... Used a high level form of witchcraft against Elijah. Okay. And she, swore, she prayed to the gods and she's, her gods, and she said, May the gods do so to me, slay if, me, if Elijah's not dead by tomorrow. Okay. And so Elijah, she sent Elijah into running, and he found himself by a stream, and he was in depression. He was hopeless. He said, I just want to lay here and die. Okay, yeah. well, America went into this time of depression. Many of the prophetic people, the spiritual Christians, found themselves like Elijah by that stream saying, We've fought, We're, we've done everything we can, we've prayed, we've stood. The media is just overrun, yeah. these demonics in the land, and we just don't see how we can win this. Yeah. But Elijah. The Lord sent angels, gave him strength, and he went to Mount Horeb, the mount of God. Now, this is where it gets very interesting, okay? While Elijah was on Mount Horeb, he presented himself before Yahweh, and, you know, the Lord questioned him, what are you here for? And he said, listen, basically, Israel has experienced an apocalypse. The people have turned away from your covenant. All the prophets have been silenced and killed. You know nobody can stop this deep state that has set in. They've taken over. They've, you know, this is I'm I'm paraphrasing, you know, but I'm trying to make it where it can really be understood. But yeah. he he brought his point before the Lord, and the Lord responded to Elijah, and he said, he said basically the Lord revealed to Elijah on Mount Horeb his plan to take down the house of Ahab. Okay, and when he he gave him the plan it came and it was a three part plan and here this is this is it was a three part plan and it was "I want you to anoint the Lord told elijah he said, anoint elijah uh, excuse me Hazael to be the king of Syria, anoint Jehu to be the king of Israel, and anoint elisha to be prophet in your stead hmm. so Elijah on Mount Horeb, his hope was restored and he was reminded why the Lord is called the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's angelic armies, okay, because because the Lord had a military strategy. What I'm saying is that the Lord revealed to Elijah the three-part military strategy to stop this and to take out the house of Ahab, and America... Has replayed that three-part strategy, okay? And so it began to revolve around a crisis in Damascus, Syria. Are you hearing me? This is yeah. so amazing, okay? Yeah. yeah. So it was uh, in those days Damascus, Syria became front and center, and th- the same thing happened. There was there had to, there was a struggle for a regime change. Uh, And there was a power struggle in Damascus, Syria. The same thing took place during the 2016 election. What was front and center? What was the greatest threat? Everyone was so concerned. It was Damascus, Syria, the same nation, you know, and that was like the the push button for three. And it still is. There's still a struggle taking place, and I believe that there's more of it to be fulfilled. And then there was Jehu, okay, where you get into it. The Lord... The Lord raised up a man named Jehu to take out Jezebel. Okay. Now, the parallels between Jehu, let me say it like this Jehu was one of the most enigmatic and strangest of all of the kings of all of the history of the kingdom of Israel. Okay. And why? And is that- basically, well, okay, there were a number of very strange reasons. Okay. But he, I'll say it like this. He was like the Donald Trump of the ancient Middle East, okay, of the ancient Near East. And basically, Jehu's mission was to make Israel great again, okay? He yeah. was like, sit, he was a messenger of God's judgment against the house of Ahab. Part of his job description, Dr. June, and everybody listening, this guy, Jehu, was to be a legacy shredder. Okay, he was not like there to be like a nice guy. Like, part of the reason that God raised up this man was to be a tool of judgment and to shred the legacy of this wicked household that had gone before him that involved uh, Amri, Ahab, Ahaziah, Joram, and then the most notable person of all was Jezebel. She was like the last man standing, only she wasn't a man, okay? and uh, she take the throne of Israel okay and she wanted to further these occultic plans and I can hear that sound too and I, I apologize that it's you know so uh, hopefully it will go away but the, the Lord raised this guy up and uh, the, the reason the, that I first knew that Donald Trump I began to see parallels was that they just listen to this okay. They described, they described uh, Jehu as basically insane, okay, crazy, what? wild, uh, wild, crazy, insane, furious, okay. And different yeah. Bibles translate this Hebrew word that they used to describe King Jehu. They use this word with no other king. OK, so it's very interesting. Like there was a there was a word to describe King Jehu that did not apply to any of the other kings of Israel or Judah. OK, now, do you would you like me to just sort of explain that? Yes. Yeah, no sure. understand-
1: hey, they're, letting okay. you know, Toby, Toby. Yes. They're letting you know they're enjoying this.
0: Okay, great, because this is, God, listen, first of all, God loves all of you, okay, everybody listening, he loves you all, and he is raising up an army, okay, and uh, the stuff I'm about to tell you, okay, is going to be very deep about this ancient King Jehu, he was the one who overthrew Jezebel, Donald Trump overthrew a modern, he overthrew a modern day Jezebel and it was not pretty, But so let me explain this to you, okay, when you go all the way back to the Torah, to the book of the to the book of the law, to Deuteronomy, you okay. go to chapters 20 and 29, and that is the famed blessings and cursings. And so, you know, the Lord he gives <clears throat> he gives a series of blessings for those who will keep the law of God, right? Yeah. And then, and then he gives. A, the Lord gives a long list of cursings that, that's a very long list of cursings that makes you not want to disobey the Lord okay? And so um, in, the, in those curses for those people who turn against the Lord and against the Torah and against the word of God, He says, "I will send upon you madness. are you Now this is where it gets interesting. He says, "I will send upon you madness, okay? And the Hebrew word there is shigayam, and it means insanity, madness, uh, furiousness. Uh, It can be translated in many words like that, but it comes from shigayam, which means to be insane, okay? This is interesting. So the Lord promised a judgment and said, if you people turn away from the word of God, once having received the word of God, I, I am going to send Shigayon, madness upon your minds. Kind of like what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar when he lost his mind and he became became animalistic, okay? So, now this is what happens. Dr. June and everybody listening, the word Shigayon, this judgment from God, is only used three times in the entire Bible, okay? When the Lord first says, I'll send, uh, this is one of the tools... In my arsenal, that I will send against sinners. In the book of Judges, the Hebrew Republic, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened there. The Lord never sent that judgment. Uh, all of the all of the sins that take place, even under like even during like David and Solomon, Jeroboam, there were many many sins that took place in the kingdom of Israel. You don't even see it really during the days of Ahab. But in the days of Jezebel, you see this word comes back, and it's Shigayon Madness. Now, this madness, okay, well, let, let me say this first, okay? When they saw King Jehu riding on his horse, to he led a revolution, and he took over the land, okay? Yeah. That was... That was when that word that the Lord promised would come. And they said, he's mad. He's mad. He, he's, he's driving, you know, furiously. It was the word for insanity. So the word they described this ancient King Jehu with correlates with being insane. Okay? Now, listen to this. The modern-day Donald Trump, they've described him the same way. And the liberals have actually, they've actually said they're going to try to use the 25th Amendment which is, if a president goes insane, he can be yes, removed from office. All- <laughs> so, so the people have actually used the same terminology that they used for Jehu. They say they said Jehu was insane. The only king out of all the kings that was described with that word, but he was like he was like the messenger of that, and it was like a judgment that came upon the people, you know. And uh, you now that Donald Trump is president, you literally see people. People have been acting very strangely. They actually have a, a term for it, which is Trump derangement syndrome. Okay? And you have literally, like, people who have Trump derangement syndrome are acting crazy. And we're talking about adults who are having to go to, like, timeout spaces and play with Play-Doh and are howling like dogs and acting crazy. Insane. It's like it's like a literal phenomenon. People are suffering from a mental disorder that has come upon them. And yeah. what I'm saying is that nothing new. This was part of the code, you know, that, that I was preaching. I discovered this, and I, I was saying this is part of the code that took place in ancient Israel. Right. Um. So the Apostle Paul, we all know about the Spirit of Delusion, okay, which was an end time prophecy in the end times. Uh, the scripture, Paul, Paul said that because uh, it says that the Lord will send a spirit of strong delusion yes. upon people who love not the, listen to the terminology, the, I mean, you know, the languages, those who love not the truth but rejoice in iniquity, okay? Yes. And it says the Lord will send the spirit of delusion over the people. Yes. And I believe that Paul basically. His, 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 old, his Old Testament foundation for the spirit of delusion was this Shigayun madness. And we are seeing it in the land today, okay? So, this is, all, this is, this is where it all begins to get very apocalyptic, okay? Um, okay. Let me tell you something about King Jehu that was very interesting, okay? And so, you have to keep in mind... There are many parallels between Donald Trump and King Jehu, and many parallels between between uh, Hillary Clinton and the ancient pagan queen uh, Jezebel. And we probably don't even have time to go through all those. But there are there are many many astounding parallels. Okay, go brother, go. <laughs> so, the, the
1: I want kings Jezebel. Your parallels. Okay, well, let me,
0: let me give you this, okay? The righteous, this is going to, if I haven't offended you already, I mean, I might be about to offend you, okay? okay? Because this is where it gets interesting, okay? The righteous kings of Israel, every one of them had an anointing upon them. If they were righteous, and there really weren't that many of them, most of them were evil, you know? Yeah. Um, they had an anointing on their life. And they were kings, and they all, in their life or in their kingdom, you know, they all were a type of the Christ, and they all showed something about the Christ. Okay. Okay. And most everyone, King David, in his own life, his own experience, um, that he that there that it was a prophecy. It was almost like a, a prophecy embodied, encoded into his life about the reign of the Messiah, the kingdom, you know, the triumphant kingdom of the Messiah. And then even in his son Solomon, Solomon brought peace to the land and prosperity and wealth to Israel like never before. And obviously most people that study the kings and prophecy know that even Solomon himself was a type, and he pointed towards the the kingdom of, of Christ, the peace and the prosperity that would come. But King Jehu, okay, was, now this is very interesting. King Jehu was the king who got on a, he got on a horse and he had this triumphant, very dramatic military campaign across the land of Israel where he rode across, basically he, he rode across Israel and he, he took the throne, okay, and Jehu was a portent or a type pointing forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ? Okay, why the Lord appears? Wow, Revelation nineteen verse ten. You know, when Jesus Christ comes back, He comes back as a warring, mercy like it's like merciless because it's it's yeah. the time of the wrath. Yeah.
1: You know,
0: and those who, those who face the Lord, Revelation chapter nineteen. Those who face the Lord face the merciless wrath of the the lamb. And he comes riding on the horse, and and a a sharp two-edged sword proceeds from his mouth. And he comes not as the lamb. I mean, he comes, like, as a lion, basically, you know? Warrior. The the rise of King Jehu's life, part of his life was a type. And pointed forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Okay. And what excites me is that we are sitting here now, and we have a modern-day Jehu in office in the United States. And yes. we're in the days of Jehu, but Jehu himself was a portent. He pointed forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the victory and the triumph of the Christ over evil. Okay. Now Let's talk about Jezebel for a second, okay?
1: Okay, before you get to Jezebel, I want to point out two things. Sure. I am taking notes while you was talking, okay? Uh, okay. The first thing, when you talked about that one spirit being a feminism spirit, uh, when it has yes. to do with Jehu and all that, I see that today, and all of you, bride, watching, and see if you have the same interpretation that I do. But don't you see that as the Me Too movement? That is a satanic organization. That Women's March, let me tell you, Brad, the Women's March marched the day after his inauguration. And let me tell you, I know from doing a march, they didn't do that overnight, honey. That was a planned event. And they they are the ones this women's movement, they are the ones that have been targeting the president from day one. They're the ones coming out with all these different accusations from women and they're hunting for all of the past and going against Kavanaugh, this whole thing with Kavanaugh. I saw today they had a rally out in front of the Supreme Court where they had all these hundreds of women and they was talking about uh, all of their rights and stuff, but I see that when you was talking about the deep state and having that feminine uh, quality, that's what I see today. Another thing that you said that I equate to today that's happening abundantly across our nation is the bell. We are having the bell statues being erected across this country, and they just erected one right there in Washington, D.C., You know, it's like the little uh, tower thing. They did it in New York City right down there by uh, ground zero. And they've done it in different places. And now it's in Washington, D.C. So I think that is like a modern day what you're talking about there. As well with Bill. What do you see about that?
0: Well, uh, Dr. June, first of all, I, I fully agree with, with what you said about like, that, that women's march yeah. uh, right after the election. Uh, they're, right now, they're, they're, there is a group of feminists, basically, and it's not, it, obviously, it's completely blown out of proportion. It's not, it's not helping women at all. It's really based on the hatred of men, is what it seems. But it is certainly, a, a, the, a lot of the modern-day feminism is channeling the demonic energy like Asherah. Okay. Hmm. And so, so the ancient queen Jezebel had 450 prophets of Asherah that ate from her table. She was surrounded by these these oh,
1: ancient,
0: yeah. radical feminists, you know, not like first wave. The, you know, the, we have like the third wave feminists today and it's just completely blown. It's, it's completely blown out of proportion. Yeah. And that yeah, absolutely that that march was Channeling that, that spirit of a share, I recognize, I knew it because of the code, you know. But I, I knew that that fit uh, absolutely. That's what was happening. And then we have absolutely we have we have a literal battle against Baalism today. Baal is an ancient Middle Eastern entity. Actually, goes way back and has taken different forms. And um, but there is a this is a real battle that's taking place in our nation right now. There, this entity is being summoned. I I believe people are really trying to. uh, They they took the they took the gate from the ancient temple of Baal in Palmyra, and it was a Roman part of it was a Roman gate. Well, anyway, it was the temple of Baal. They erected that in New York City right before the the 2016 election, and uh, so there are signs in the land. That this is really what's happening. Like we we're we, this is an ancient replay of it, the struggle that took place uh, in in Israel concerning the house of Ahab, and the, the two main entities were Baal and Asherah, and one was a male entity and one was female. They were both they were both associated with immorality, though.
1: Right. Well, uh, what do you see today? Uh, where does the—you give us the picture of, like, what's happening in the deep state and having to do with Jehu and all that. Where does the church play in this scenario today?
0: Well, I I guess I'll go back to the dream real quick. The church is divided right now, seriously divided. And it's never more apparent, okay, um, and by the way, I was going to say, the, the dream that I have, people can read it. I, I mean, I, it's on my website. People can read it, and they can they can see the parallels themselves. But in, in the dream, the woman which represented the church was tearing apart from left to right, and that's what's happening. The Lord is very concerned about healing his body right now with those who will be healed. Some people are not going to come back to the biblical faith. Some people are never going to return. But... There's a lot of unnecessary division right now in the church. The church need. this is a time for the people of God to arise. Yeah. And it really is a serious, serious time. A lot of people, uh, I can explain to you, what, one of the reasons for the division is this, okay? Is the Psalm chapter one paradigm. Psalm, the, the Psalms opens up and it says, Psalm verse one, verse one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. So the, the problem we have is we have people that are taking counsel from the ungodly. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Yeah. And what you have is you have these many, many Christians that are walking, and it's very it's very foolish, but it's also very deceptive. But the mainstream media, Dr. June, and you know, and it's becoming more apparent, but the mainstream media is run by people who are atheists, are yeah. communists, are globalists, are Marxists, are uh, all kinds of, are, are yeah. sodomites and all the immorality and things like that. You know, it's run by these people. It's not run by Christians, but Christians are running are running to the mainstream media and getting ungodly counsel. And then, if that's not bad enough, pastors are doing the same thing they're getting in their churches. It's an apostasy from the Word of God. Yes, people, yes. Are turning, people ought to be turning to the wise. They ought to be turning to people who are Bible teachers, like true Bible teachers and prophetic voices, to get wise counsel. But they've turned and they're getting counsel from the media. And then... They're forming arguments against other believers based off of what communists and atheists and witches are saying. Mm. And that's what's happening in America right now. The church has ha- people are submissive. They, the people are being passive and submissive to ungodly demonic counsel, and it's yeah. dividing the church. So that has to change right
1: there. Well, I just want to point out that when I wrote the books about the apostasy, I didn't put the connection together of witchcraft, but listen, Bride, I want to explain to you about witchcraft. Witchcraft is it's a very feminist uh, occult. It's very feminist. It's all about the woman. In witchcraft, women are goddesses, okay? In witchcraft, Men serve the women. It's very subservient. The women are the gods in that religion. This Me Too movement is ran by witchcraft. That is witchcraft. The Bible says manipulation is as the sin of witchcraft. And when they're out here manipulating like they are, that is witchcraft. You know, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And that's what they're doing, rebelliousness. It's a spirit of lawlessness. And see, Mm -hmm. that's all a part of this deep state uh, movement that's taking place to oust the truth. We literally have in the White House a battle of good versus evil. I mean, it is like so plain. And I don't know how the Christians cannot see it. I don't know how the Christians are missing it. Do you?
0: Well, you know, I think that people what we're dis- what we're discovering right now, Doctor June, is that we're we're really getting to see how powerful the media has been on people's well, minds. What
1: That you're right. That answers it. That's it's right. Going to be very powerful. Yes. What we
0: need to do is to go to the root of it, and we need to we need to convince. Part of the strategy to help heal the body of Christ is to get the people that are listening to the mainstream media to realize, listen, you have apostatized from wise counsel, and you cannot be blessed. You will not be blessed unless you take good, godly counsel. Yeah. But there, there's bad counsel from ungodly people, and yeah. that has to stop. And, you know, we've the, this is a time for the body of Christ This is, it's times like these that make heroes and make losers. You know what I'm saying? Like, make winners and losers and real mighty men and women of God raise up. And God is looking for people who will stand in the gap and stand up. You you might think that you're weak or something like that. Listen, it's your time. Whoever you are, whoever you are that's out there listening, like, it's your time. Uh, We have got to to take action, we've got to stay in prayer, extremely important, we've got to be watching. I was just talking the other day, like one of the essences of biblical Christianity that the early church had, that is not very common in the, the latter church right now, is watching. And Jesus continually used this concept of watching. Yeah. Uh, the Greek word, Gregorio, means to be spiritually on watch, spiritually alert, sober, awake, paying attention. And the church needs to really, really pay attention, be on watch, be praying, and praying that God gives us strength in these days. So uh, this is a real war that we're in. But uh, God is doing something in our nation. Lucky Land
1: Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.